Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me on this lovely Monday morning, it's cold and crisp and sunny out there, it's Rob Hayes. Did you just say the word lovely? Yes. After what happened on Sunday, how can Monday be lovely? Oh, How, how are you not in a state of depression? Well, uh, I like to look optimistically at things. Uh, this is before the football chat. This is just a, a, a general intro. Life lessons with Pete Selby. Yes, yes. You know, don't let, don't let it get you down. But then when you start talking about the football, that's when I'll explode. Let's talk about the football then. Right. Well, on a scale I'm... of one to disappointed, how disappointed are you? I was fine until on my way to for Fox HQ, um, I was listening to a few... Arsenal podcasts, phone-ins, that kind of thing, on the old internet. And uh, I am now fuming because some of the stuff they're talking about, it's absolute nonsense. I was fine. Um, After the game, obviously, completely annoyed, disappointed, frustrated, um, proud, in a way. Do you know what I mean? The way they played. Yeah, you've got to be proud of the performance, yeah. End of the day, if you just look at the actual bare facts... When you concede in the 94th, whatever minute, to lose a game, it's disappointing. doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, from Bury to Blackburn to Arsenal to maybe even next year against Barcelona. You never know. It doesn't matter who you're playing. If you concede that late, it's very disappointing. Um, we've obviously got a lot to catch up on because the previous pod was before the uh, Manchester City game and then obviously the Arsenal game uh, yesterday at the time of recording. We're going to go straight into Arsenal. We'll, we'll touch on the Man City game later. Um, <laughs> well, where, where do we start? <laughs> uh, um, let's start at the start. We'll start at the beginning. Um, yes, it was a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll just go straight into the big, big talking points. It's a, <laughs> now, I watched the game with uh, a number of friends who support... Uh, different clubs. In fact, you've got a Chelsea fan, you've got a Spurs fan, you've got a Forest fan, and then there's me, obviously Leicester fan. Um, so, and and each of them have their different kind of ranges of football knowledge and annoyance levels, because you know we all take the mick out of each other and that sort of thing, as you would expect. Now, when Vardy won the penalty, and I do say he won the penalty because he stuck his leg out and was caught by Monreal and went over. And to me, it's an absolute modern-day stonewall penalty. And uh, a friend of mine turned around and says, there's no argument there. That It's a stonewall penalty. Of course we can argue about whether it, you know, Vardy sticks his leg out or, or this and the other. But in the modern-day football, I, don't, I can't see any problem with it. No. What, I, I can't I see what, what the, the issue big, is. No. What is the issue with it? Well, I, think, I don't think a lot of people have... Some sections of certain supporters have got a bit of a problem with it. Yes. But I think on the whole... Most people can identify whether they agree with how he won it or not, or whether they agree with the modern day rules or not. The fact is, Vardy's been 
made sure he's been clattered into by Monreal inside the penalty area. Penalty. Yeah. I, I can't see any problems with it at all. And especially from, and you know, I'm talking about, say, Arsenal supporters. Why? Because they see that all the time at, at Arsenal over the years. You look at the teams gone by with Burkamp and Robert Perez and Thierry Henry. They've seen that all the time. I will mention Perez um, in their, was it 49 game unbeaten run or the unbe- unbeaten season? He went over, um, he's been compared to when he went over against Portsmouth at home. No, no, that's a dive. No one touched him. There was no contact. There's a difference. This, Vardy went over because his leg was outstretched and clattered into uh, Monroe. I can't, we're not, we're not even going to carry on talking about it. It was a stonewall penalty. But it's the qualities that Vardy brings as well, carrying the ball at pace in the penalty area. How many penalties has he won? I, I don't know, but since he started playing for Leicester, certainly this season, yeah. the amount of times he gets himself in dangerous positions and he's quicker than any defender in the Premier League, pretty mm. much. Knocks it past them, gets to the ball first when they're not expecting him to have him over. The fact that he... Uh, Slightly miscontrolled the ball. It ran towards Monreal, but got there in front of him. Not the ball past him. It's a penalty. Uh, put away well by Varley. Very confident. A bit of back chat to Juru. I think he might have said something to him. But uh, no, confidently put away after an early header from uh, Varley. Great save oh, by, was by save Jack. That was. Yeah, really good. Um, I mean, I, we started quite well. and They did as in the first you know 10 minutes or so. But as the game went on, Leicester really grew into it in that first half. And uh, for the final quarter of an hour were the better team. Uh, Kante, just superb. Absolutely superb. All over the pitch. When are we When are we going to watch a game and not say Kante's been superb? Yeah, exactly. But I think this was an exceptional performance. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it really was. Even by his unbelievably high standards this season. So we're 1-0 up. Um, and there we go. Half time. Hilarious. Everyone's on social media or watching the game. And it is funny. I laughed... I laughed out loud, and then I went on Twitter, and um, uh, one of the one of the listeners, uh, uh, photographer extraordinaire Michael Regan, he tweeted "lol," and it's exactly what I was doing. I was just laughing my head off, going, "We're winning away at Arsenal. We're top of the league. It's just in- this is insane." Um, and then the second half happened, <laughs> and then that happened. Well, the, the thing is, the thing with, with me, I'll, we, we try and keep it independent. Obviously, we, you know, we're all all for Leicester and and, and this, that, and the other. But, and and it is, something has happened at half-time because the referee's come out and straight away he's decided he needs to even the game up. I believe that. I believe that he's, at the first chance of asking, he, when he's blown, before he's even blown his whistle to, set, to give him a second yellow card, he's reaching for his card. He's gone, bang, here's my chance. Here's the opportunity I can send. How... Is that second foul, and it is a foul, it's never in a million years is that two yellow cards and a red. I, I think Claudio Ranieri summed it up perfectly by going, two fouls, neither a yellow card. I actually think the first one probably was a yellow card. But a second one. He has got a fistful of his shirt, to be fair. Oh, I think it's a foul. Yeah. But a yellow card, it, never would that be. Just even, because... Even if, even if it is a yellow card foul, which by the law, letter of the law... It probably is to give him that Debatable. to give him that straight after another one in such a big game where no, it's just frustrating because most referees will say one more, you've got one more chance, otherwise that is it, and that's sensible refereeing because if if they give yellow cards for everything that by the letter of the law is a caution, you'd end up playing f- five aside by the end of a match because 
modern day Premier League football is played at such a high intensity and there's so much grappling going on, so many like people like Vardy carrying the ball at pace and high speed collisions, if you like, and I'm not getting into motor racing terms, but he's got to warn him. He's got to say, watch yourself one more. And then Simpson does watch himself after that, surely, because he's had the warning from the referee. I, I've seen it a thousand times. I've shown a thousand people. And I've said, how is it's not approaching the penalty area? It's in Leicester's half, but way out wide on the touchline. Is it's never a yellow card, and he it was the quickness of it. It was the right here we go, bang, Straight you're away. off. Yeah, I have now evened it up. At half time, I've been given abuse by the home fans or or whatever people in the tunnel or whatever's happened, and it the first chance he's had to even the game up, and he's done it. Now, if that wasn't given, maybe a penalty later on or something even worse. You never know. But what, he you, was, think, you think he would have found another way to try and oh, do yes. what he perceived as evening to get things the, up? To get the crowd off his back, yeah. or to get whoever you know has been, been talking to. It was, well, it, to me, it was very, very obvious. Now, a lot of people out there be thinking, oh, just you know, wittering on or moaning about this, that, and the other. That is the game right there. Because we were on top, not only on the scoreline, but at the start of the second half, we were playing well. We started really well. Now, okay, we've gone on and lost, but that is the defining moment. That right there. There's a lot of conspiracy theories chat going on on the forums yesterday evening, uh, this morning. People saying that someone from the Arsenal camp might have got in his in his ear at some stage. Yeah, maybe. You've got uh, referees, assessors. They might have said, look, you were a bit overzealous in giving that penalty. You've seen a replay, possibly. Yeah, he might have watched it again. Referees are only human. They are. And they're bound to make mistakes and get caught up in what is an occasion. You can say, oh, well, they shouldn't, but they can't just completely switch themselves off. But as you say, that was... It was it was a poor, poor decision for me. And like I said earlier, would he have gone and, and done something later on to try and, you know even things up. Let's just say that drink water challenge, if he hadn't sent someone off, could he have just turned around and flashed a red card? Maybe. I, I think he probably would have done, you know, later on in the game, any sort of any sort of challenge like that. So that, to me, was the game in a nutshell. As soon as that happened, obviously then Leicester just had to sit back. Um, they took off Mares, brought on um, Bajaleski to play it right back, and it was just going to be back to the wall. Can we hang on? And we end up not hanging Can on. Can we hang on for... F- Essentially, forty minutes with time added on. Exactly, and anyone know thirty nine and a half. Well, was yeah. what we managed. Yeah, and, and and the actual goals. I mean, I I don't want to blame anyone. The first goal was a good cushion header and finished by Walcott. The second goal was disappointing. It was a good ball in and header. Um, okay, we all know that Bajaleski went out and was reckless. Stupid challenge, but we've come to expect that from him, though. You know exactly. what he's like. He's, and he he's all or nothing. And he and performed as very say, well. Yeah, yeah. To come on at right back, uh, he played right back a bit for Anderlecht, but when he was in his later t- mid to late twenties, mm. at thirty-five, is he thirty-six? Mid thirties, anyway. Against Sanchez, who kept on pulling out on their left. Yeah, when you've barely got enough pace to play centre half now, to be asked to come on and do a job at right back, I do think he did pretty well. But yeah. That last moment when that ball was hanging up in the air, reckless. you were thinking, oh, God. It was, it, it was reckless, but the, is the defeat his fault? No. No, of course it's Never not. in a million years. No, no, you know, no. we, we've, Like I said, for me, the game changes with the sending off completely. Um, and we end up losing. And people out there might be sitting there, yeah, but what about this decision? What about that decision? Did Morgan foul Ozil before the breakaway for the penalty? Yes. I thought it was a foul. It wasn't given. Kante, 
referee wave play on. Fine. Drink water. Dangerous challenge. That's all being forget about because um, apparently afterwards he apologised to Ramsey. These things happen during the game. Okay, you know, we all know the history of Ramsey. Um, There are a number of incidents in the first half, a number of handball shouts. How someone who can have their arm right in front of their chest and from two yards the ball hits that arm right in front of their chest, how that can be a a deliberate handball and a definite penalty, again, I don't think so at all. But there's a number of, of decisions, but my overriding point is two wrongs don't make a right. You can't turn around and say, well, I know it was a harsh sending off, but what about that foul for the goal and what about this, that and the other? Just because those things have happened doesn't mean that it was a really poor decision, I think, from the referee. The gap has closed, Pete. Well, how, the... how do we feel about that? <laughs> it was a good day for North London, let's be honest. Well, it was. I, I said before the Man City game that I'm obviously still looking at Leicester to finish in the top four, looking at the gap to Man United rather than the gap to any other teams. It's the first time, and obviously the by the way that the game ended and the way the game was. Um, it's the first time that I now really believe that we are in a title race. Steady on. We are in a title race. Pete's Be- believing everybody. Because of the Man City game and obviously the victory there, which we'll talk about in a bit. But because of what's happened at Arsenal and um, the way it, it panned out, I now think that we are in a we are in a title race, and everyone out there will be thinking, "Well, of course we were. We were anyway. We were five points clear. We're now two points clear." But there is so long to go. BBC Sport did a poll today. Um, they did one before the weekend, uh, and they gave the top five teams in the Premier League uh, and to vote who was going to win it. And Leicester got the highest percentage of votes. They did the poll again today, and Arsenal got the highest number of votes. Now, yeah. It's on one game, one how, day how, of action. How many games are left? Is it 12? 12 or 13, something mm. like that. I think it's 12. There's loads. The, the season is not defined by that. It's an, That win for Arsenal is more important for Arsenal than it is for Leicester, by far. But more important for them than the defeat is damaging for Leicester, you mean? Yes. It's a more significant result for them than it is for us. Exactly. Um, And for a number of reasons, mainly because of the future fixtures that they've got against a lot of the big clubs away from home, because they've got to play Champions League football, because they're still in the Cups. All these add up to, in my opinion, that victory for them just being more important because when they go away and play these other teams in other competitions, they can still look back and say, look at that victory we had and hold on to that for when they then play Premier League football again. For us... The players have gone away for a week. Ranieri's gone, right, everyone, bugger off. You've got a week's holiday. Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. And then come back a week later and start afresh. A two-week gap until the next game. So I don't think the defeat will rest heavy on our minds at all, on the players at all. They'll be annoyed, but it was a bigger win for Arsenal than it was a defeat for Leicester. Um, Ultimately, we we picked up six points from a possible nine when... You'd have been happy. I'd have been happy with four. I'd have been happy with a win, a draw and a loss against Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal. However that came, four points would have been decent. And we got six. We're very close to seven. Yeah. I don't think there's too much to wallow in self-pity and, about. And, and and the way that they played as well, the way they played against Arsenal, a really good performance. And they went toe-to-toe with them until, obviously, the sending off, which, like I said, completely changed the game. So, performance-wise... They're reaching, in my opinion now, another level. They've gone through their 
rocky period around Christmas when all the fixtures piled on top of each other, a few lesser performances, um, even even though picking up a few wins. And then all of a sudden, bang, 3-0 Stoke. Bang, the Man City game. And now this performance, Liverpool as well. We have, I think we're now reaching a, a different level of performances. I think some of our main players, and again, we'll just refer to Kante, they're really stepping up now. Not just not stepping up because they've done that all season, but they've gone to a different level. They're playing like a top four team, you know. And like, they're still surprising me. They surprise me all the time. I don't like to say that they are, you know, a top four top four team and they're, you know, a really good footballing outfit. It's Leicester City, but I they are. I did not expect to see you smiling today. You know, it's well, very nice. Yeah, but why not? Because we played really well, and we were um, we weren't robbed. Of course we wasn't robbed you know it's just what happens it's a football match these things happen um and the one thing i'll say and 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 you have to mention it because obviously people know arsenal fans or or social media plays a huge part and the one thing with it is that a lot of it's tongue in cheek people fishing trying to get comments but some of the reactions from from supporters of either other clubs or especially arsenal some of the things that they claim is just ridiculous it's almost like they've got a God-given right to, you know, be able to play football on their own pitch. And how dare another team turn up and, you know, make a few challenges or, or win a penalty. That, like I said, with the penalty. I know I'm going on a bit now, but Stonewaller. I don't understand what's going on. The cheek. How dare they? How dare Leicester have a penalty? If it was the other end, there'd be absolutely no problems at all. Um, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Now that Pete's had his little rant and ramble about the shocking decisions in the Arsenal game, let's just have a quick look back at the game beforehand. Manchester City, we were equally pleased with the performance as we were with the performance against Arsenal, but more happy with the result. 3-1, close to a clean sheet. Robert Huth, two decent goals. Riyad Mahrez, a pretty decent goal. Good result. (laughs) Good result. Very, very good result. It was, it was fantastic. The early goal obviously helped. Uh, I have a theory about some of the performances from Man City, especially because you do have to say that they were very poor. As much as Leicester played really well, and because of their performance, it stopped Man City. So the fact that they didn't play well was because we did. You know, it, that's quite very basic layman's terms, but that's how things work. I do have a theory. I can't wait for this. Regarding Yaya Torre. You look really pleased with yourself about this theory. Yeah, because this could possibly be the stupidest thing I've ever said. But I think it, this is what's happened. Brace yourselves. The guy is obviously going to leave in the summer because he doesn't like Pep Guardiola. They don't get on. He's paid an absolute fortune. He's a whining, miserable, um, basically toys out the pram type of guy where's my birthday cake or whatever he's paid a quarter of a million pounds a week he's a great footballer or has been okay but he can be very lazy and just literally drift in and out of games or almost stand there in the center circle and pretty much not move when he does burst towards goal you know he, he is an, an out and out world class player but as soon as that goal went in the rain it was tipping it down and he stood there on a cold February day in the pouring rain with Kante and Drinkwater snapping at his heels. The 1-0 down early doors. He looked at the touchline. He almost threw the towel in straight away. He didn't perform in any way, shape or form. I'm saying that's partly 
his poor performance was down to the rain. Outrageous. No, I think so. It's, no, I, I can't, the, I can't say cam- I disagree with you. The camera panned on him um, after about five or six minutes and he stood there and he's got his sleeves over his hands. He's not wearing gloves. He's got sleeves over his hands, long sleeves. And he just looked like a kid in the pouring rain on a Sunday morning not wanting to be there because this other team have turned up and they're just... He didn't want to be the there. The other team are bullying me, Dad. Exactly, exactly. That's what he looked like after six minutes... The one nil down, and he didn't want to be there at all. But anyway, that's that's my theory. And I, someone, I told someone about it, and they went, because it was raining. I said, no, that just added to it. It helped. It was cold. It was wet. Yeah. He was he was being given the run around. Hmm. And of course, does one team make uh, one player make a team? No. But if he's Yaya Torre in a central midfield against Kante and Drinkwater, it makes a lot of difference. Of course it does. Yeah, it's like yeah. playing with ten men. Exactly. Um, but anyway, Leicester, brilliant, out and out, brilliant. Your mate drink water, fantastic. Kante again, superb. Uh, Leicester, of course, we're playing against Man City, so uh, on occasion, Man City broke, uh, obviously with Aguero up front, who's one of the best strikers in the world. Um, caused a few issues, but just a, a superb, superb performance. Um, capped off nicely by Mares's goal. That goal. If you watch it slowed down, the bit where it looks like he's got a lucky bobble off a slide tackle in, in the middle of the Manchester City half. The ball's basically stuck to his foot as he's hopped over the challenge. It's unbelievable piece of skill. Then the little sort of half sort of step over, little drop of the shoulder on the edge of the box. And to hit it with his right, I don't think I've ever seen him kick a ball with his right foot. I think he's, I remember him scoring a goal, no idea against who, but it was at the King Power with his right foot going... Hang on, what's he, what's he just done? That's his, that's his standing leg. I think this is. It was one of the first times where he really kind of grew as a player, and he he scored again, again. I can't remember against who, and it was like, hang on, we, we've really got a player there. But that initial bit of skill, like you said, I think it was Otamendi who he, he okay, he, he, it was like a bunny jump with the ball at his feet. How mm. he was, and there's a great um, photo of it as well. I think the the um, the football club, the official feed, actually um, tweeted or Facebooked it or whatever of him. High in the air over, I think it's Otamendi, like I said. Great bit of skill. And then a lovely step over. Show him on the left side. Show him on the left side. Doesn't matter, pal. I'm on the right. Bang. Past Joe Hart. Never moved. 2-0. And then after that, great celebration where he nearly does his cruciate knees and both, oh, both like, of them ligaments. Stuck in the mud, didn't oh, they? no. I, I wonder if he's going to do that again. Because that not only is very dangerous, but also... It may look a bit stupid, really. You know, it all... I think he'll stay at his feet. Yeah, well, I think he will from now on. Um, and we hope he has the opportunity to do it again because obviously that means he's scored a goal. Very much hope so. But um, going back to the, the lol I said earlier, um, Robert, who's second goal, <laughs> um, again, a header back of the net from a corner, you know, standard stuff. Stuck it in the top corner, though, didn't he? Like the, oh. one, like the one against Spurs in the 1-0. Yeah, good header. But as soon as that hit the back of the net, did I cheer? No. Did, did you laugh? Did I jump up? No. I sat there and I laughed so loud. It was, you're getting a bit hysterical towards the end of the season here. Now you're starting to realise you're in a title race. You're just, just yeah. laughing at everything. This was before this was before the no, title race. You were race. starting to realise it. No, I was just deli- it was just funny. We're three 0 up away at Man City. Delirium. Yeah. Manic laughter. Three 0 up after an hour away at Man City in the pouring rain on TV. Brilliant. You know, absolutely fantastic. And it is. It's, it was just. But then it was a roller coaster. Then it was just right. We're just having a laugh. We're just turning up, beating these teams, playing brilliant football. Three 0 fantastic. 
then obviously, like I said, the Arsenal game with all that happened at Arsenal and the controversy and this and the other, that's where, to me, the title race started. That was like, right, we're in a fight now. We're in a, you know, a, a battle. We've got something to kind of get revenge on and all that sort of thing. But uh, no, a, a superb performance. You know, obviously a late goal, doesn't matter. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I didn't see it coming, did you? No. No. Came completely out of the... Well, not out of the blue, because we've been playing really well, but I didn't see us dominating the game like that. No. Uh, Christian Fuchs. Yes. Again, another player that we keep on saying superb and brilliant and the same thing. I do listen to the podcast back, and I, I'm quite conscious of the fact that I do use the same words an awful lot. Brilliant. Superb. But he was... There's only so many superlatives in the dictionary. Exactly. For a team top of the league, I mean, what else can we say? He was exceptional that game. He really was. Um, against Arsenal, I think he dropped off slightly. But again, you're talking about a guy who we give... Well, I think it was me who gave 10 out of 10. Fuchs. Yeah. What, in the halfway report, half-time report? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, of course, he can just drop off slightly for you know one performance. Superb. Can say, superb. Brilliant. Fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> the Arsenal game, forget that. Doesn't matter. If anybody wants to write in with any more superlatives that Pete can replace brilliant, superb and unbelievable with. Please do. It's not getting <laughs> boring saying these words. No, it's, of course it, it's not. It's just nice to be able to say them every week. Exactly. Um a bit more in depth. The centre half partnership uh we will just mention obviously Hooth with the goals, but you just have to mention Morgan. What what a brilliant not only season, but I'm just talking the last few games. He's been exceptional. Not really put a foot wrong at all across you know across all of the games the Liverpool game the Stoke before that Man City and um, and and the Arsenal game and, and and if one team are going to be difficult to play against I think if you're Huth or Morgan it's going to be a team like Arsenal yeah um, exceptional I know there was that uh, climbing over the back of Ozil who was awful what a dreadful performance anyway I will mention one thing. Um, I if the followers of uh, for Fox's sake on Twitter at FFS Pod, you'll have noticed that on Saturday, obviously we were playing on Sunday. Um, Saturday, I was at the City Ground. Yes, you were. Okay. Yeah, I'm just reminding myself with, with the word dreadful. Um, <laughs> now I have seen some poor performances in my time. Obviously, just referring to Leicester. We, oh, can, we were talking about um, well, one of the worst players you've seen in a Leicester shirt earlier. Well, my personal my personal worst player I've ever seen is Josh Lowe, the the six foot plus winger who was scared of the ball, <laughs> scared of the ball, scared of the ball at his feet, scared of the ball at his head, woeful, scared of getting the ball off somebody else. Oh, he was what a terrible footballer he was. That, and, was, a, um, that was a bad era. Yeah, but that era there was so many poor performances. Right now, everyone's thinking of their own worst performance. Funny enough, in the uh, Championship winning season we went to um, Doncaster away, where pretty much I think about seven, six or seven of the team who played that day were playing against Arsenal and Man City, um, and we lost one nil when Schmeichel dropped a corner over his own goal line oh, in yeah. the first ten minutes or so. And I went with uh, my dad and old Arthur who lived down the road from him, and uh, and it was uh, it was a good day, but it was it that was dreadful, that was poor. But anyway, back Forest, to dreadful Forest on Saturday were absolutely woeful, pitiful, pathetic. I honestly, they were tremendously bad. You, you honestly, this is this is not just because it's Forest. You've they were booed off at half time. You've never heard booing like it. 
at half time and they're only one nil down from a Matt Mills own goal. <laughs> Get in. Go on, Matt Mills. So basically, amongst all this, if anyone out there has had any kind of even the slightest bit of <laughs> conceded to Arsenal or any little thing like that from, from a Forest fan, just say or even just record this, this, this last two or three minutes and play it to him. Forest were pathetic. And they really were. I was impressed with um, Huddersfield. They've got a lad called Billings in midfield. Big, tall, uh, sorry, tall, uh, skinny with an afro. About 19. Player. There's a player there. But, uh, yeah, Forrest. Unreal. They were that bad. That bad. I can confirm that Pete has been mouthing several <laughs> expletives. And I'm... When, when these non-expletives are coming out, I can see him forming the word going, no. <laughs> it's a family show. It's clean. Keep it clean. I am not going over the top with it. That's how bad they were. But anyway, that's enough about them. Uh, also, Derby lost as well, but never mind. Whee. So, all in all, the garden is still rosy. You know, the performances we've had recently, superb. And we're now in this race. Brilliant. Bring it on. That's football talk out the way. Pete, we played on a Sunday this weekend, so that meant that you did your Sunday poll on a Saturday, just to confuse things. What was the poll? What was the result? Well, I called it the Sunday poll, but in brackets, on a Saturday, so I was quite clear in the instructions. Um, But the uh, poll was, do you agree with the Union FS five-minute protest planned for Arsenal versus Leicester? So we were all aware of what the protest was about. It was about the late change uh, in the fixture, Obviously, you do have to kind of um, say that that was been... If, if you're a fan and you were going to the game and you've spent money on travel and accommodation and all that, to change the fixture three weeks beforehand, A, it's pr- virtually, it's not illegal, but um, the minimum is six weeks. So this was half of it. Yeah, it had been pushed through some loophole somewhere probably. But there'll be a lot of people out there going, yeah, but I could watch the game now because it's on Sky. Yeah. Around the world. Yeah. Okay. But the football fans that feel they should be protected, and they've got quite a good sense of being right here, I think, is the fans that actually go to the ground. I'm not diminishing anybody that doesn't go to the grounds. I'm not calling them a proper fan by any means. I'm playing playing devil's advocate as well. No, I know. But, But those supporters that go to grounds are the lifeblood of a football club, if you like. I was having an argument uh, about the away ticket prices with a friend of mine saying that it should be. I, I'm completely 100% behind the 20s plenty campaign. I yep. think that's fantastic and should be in place next season. There's None no, of the £77 rubbish. No, but it, there's no reason why 20s plenty shouldn't. Basically, every single away ticket for every ground, every game in the Premier League, it's 20 quid. If you want to make it 25 quid, fine. But one price for every game in the away end. Doesn't matter who you're playing, doesn't matter which team you're playing at, you know. How much was it? West Ham fifty odd quid for a ticket where you can't Imagine see that. the can't see the pitch. Mm. Terrible. And then you've got to get there, mm. and then you've got to potentially take time off work, and potentially and, got to stay somewhere. And I think the fact that the tickets were quite cheap for Leicester fans for this game, twenty six quid, because Leicester were a Category C game or a, you know really low. But now they're obviously in you know in first place they would have been a Category A game. So it would have been up in the 50s or 60 quid. Well, why is that fair? That's Just because we're doing well in the Premier League, because, why yeah, do we have to pay more? As, as, as fans, we're going to pay more because we're doing well. That's It's nonsense. There should be a flat fee for every... So every away end is full 
that's my opinion anyway. So the uh, protest was planned. It was basically miss the first five minutes, be in the concourse, be in the ground, but don't take your seat. Um, so on Sky, it looks empty and they'll have to mention it, which they didn't. Um, the one thing that we do have to say is that anyone who was there um, and anyone who took part, please get in contact with the show because we want to know what happened. Now, I've got my own kind of rough theory about it, and this is just an idiot watching it on TV, um, is that after the Man City performance and win, I think a lot of Leicester fans, because from from the view on TV, it looked very full, didn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, it did. And I was completely behind the protest. You know, I very worthwhile doing. Brilliant. But it looked quite full. So I want to know, is the fact that Leicester beat Man City, did everyone just turn around and go, hang on, let's just concentrate on the football. We're doing really well here. That's what I think might have happened. I uh, Interesting, though, on the way here, like I said earlier, I was listening to a couple of Arsenal podcasts about the game, and one or two did mention it and said that they took part. And then another couple said, yes, they were going to, but when it came to actually doing it, they went, hang on, I'm just all about the football, let's watch it. So that might have actually happened in the away end as well. But get in contact with the show. All the details we'll say at the end of the show. Was it successful? Did you take part? Did you see anyone else take part? And if anyone from UniFS who's uh, listening, again, get in contact because we want to know if anything else will be planned or what you know what the overall um, review of the protest was. You know, how did it go? Basically, that's that's what we want to know. But on Twitter, back to the poll, which we've mentioned about ten minutes ago, um, do you agree with the protest? And seventy uh, percent said yes, thirteen percent said no, and seventeen percent said not bothered. Which I know. You can't just have yes or no. You do need to have that, I'm not really bothered. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it, it, yeah. didn't affect, it didn't affect me. A couple of people, like you say, could have gone into the not bothered category off the back of a couple of decent results. They could have gone not bothered. I'm, I'm more bothered about the football. Yeah, and a number of people did tweet in, and I tried to retweet them as well, to say football fans should stand up for themselves and good on them and this, that and the other. So, uh, yeah, stay on uh, stay on Twitter and uh, get in contact with us at FFSpod. You'll see all of the uh, polls and retweets of Bits and Bobs fans uh, send in. So get on uh, get on Twitter and take a look at that. Also, <laughs> uh, a little thing on Twitter. Did you see Julian Lescott's tweet? Oh, yeah, of the, uh, the car. Brilliant. That, and reckons he tweeted it out of his pocket by mistake. Basically, he tweeted a picture of a supercar, and after they'd been absolutely yeah. minutes wallowed. after they've lost six nil and claimed it was nonsense. So everyone started tweeting pictures of like Robin Reliance and the, I did a lard. Look at that, it's a lard. And I'm saying, look at that, but it's a podcast and no one else can. It's tremendous. Well, you'll have to get on Twitter and look at it, but that's true. Um, just going to round off with um, another little rant, and this is about the Arsenal game, and it's. Again, you know, I don't like to say, oh, there's a less, you know, Arsenal bias, London press, and all this sort of thing. Um, I think we've been quite well represented. We've been well received as well. Received, we? yeah. you know, around around the world this season, and and why not? It's an amazing story, or the whole Vardy thing and Ranieri as well. And now it's got to the point where we're top, and there's twelve games to go. But. If anyone out there just wants to have a quick look at the uh, BBC review on the BBC Sport website... Oh, you're not happy with this, are you? I'm not happy at all. Phil McNulty, chief football writer. Yeah, his review of the game. Just just read it and uh, see what you think when he refers to the referee and the decisions he made. Just read it. Hmm, interesting. What? Which colour hat are you wearing? <laughs> it, it's quite frankly unbelievable. But anyway, the final thing, Rob. We'll have a little, mm. uh, little game here. Okay. Okay. Um... 
This, I think, is from a very well-known national newspaper, uh, and their rating, player ratings, which of course is absolute nonsense, so this doesn't really mean anything, but I want you to give ratings out of 10 for each of the Leicester players against Arsenal and see whether it matches up to what they I was going to say, am I giving you my rating or am I giving you what I think this national newspaper will have rated them at? Yeah. Um, no, your, what, oh, my rating. My rating. <laughs> I, I said or, or, or. And or, you said or. yes. Yeah. Um, I want your rating. Okay. Um, and we're going to compare that to the Suns. Yeah. All right. And we'll, we'll have a, a little two-sentence two review of their performance. Okay. So we'll start up top. Um, Jamie Vardy. Oh, we're starting from the front. All right. Yeah. Vardy. Mm, nine. Stretched the Cross. Arsenal defence and won a penalty. Nine? What was, the, what was, what was this national I thought you're... That's me. I'm the one who goes, no, nine, ten, brilliant, superb. And you're the one going, hang on, no, it's eight or seven. Nine, okay, you say nine. Uh, seven. Uh, solid, solid seven. Okazaki. Oh, six. Uh, he fell over quite a lot. Yeah, gave a six. Now, quick word on Okazaki. Would you have taken Okazaki off instead of Mares? Well, Okazaki came off within a couple of minutes, straight after, didn't he? Hmm. So I think maybe Damari Gray wasn't quite ready. Hmm. I, I might have Possibly. taken Okazaki. Okay, never mind. Um, but all, yeah, Okazaki would have been my first thought. All Brighton. Seven worked hard but struggled to have an attacking input. At uh, six. Um, Mares. Mm. Seven. Same for all. Same as all Brighton. Yeah. That that there was an incident with him where he went over in the penalty area. For me, not a penalty at all. Never no. in a million years. No. Um, six was given. Uh, Danny Drinkwater. Oh, I love rating <laughs> Danny Drinkwater. Um, that challenge on Ramsey was a bit naughty, wasn't it? It was naughty, and um, I like the fact that he apologised after the game to him, yeah. and Ramsey put a tweet out saying, everyone calm down. Um, the guy, obviously meant Drinkwater, came up and apologised to me, and nothing more, let's move on. But apparently that bad tackle, which it was, and if the referee deemed it a bad tackle at the time and he got sent off, you've got no, no, no real complaints. okay? But people have been turning around saying, oh, yeah, look at that bad tackle. That makes up for Simpson. No, it doesn't. Absolute nonsense. No, it doesn't make up for anything. Uh, anyway. Danny Drinkwater, not as good as he has been in the last couple of games, but still a strong seven. But I think it would be a very strong seven because I thought he had a very good game, actually. Um, six. Um, Angolo Kante. Oh, hello. Arguably his best performance in a Leicester City shirt. Agree. Man of the match. If, if you're basing it on that, man of the match given to him by Sky Sports. My man of the match as well. And if you're saying it's his best performance and... I give him a half-time report of 10 could be of star, the season. Could I'm, be star man as well in, in, in their ratings. Should be. 10. 10. Uh, 6. You're kidding me. No. You are kidding me. Has this, has this fella forgot to delete the number 6 out of these player ratings? Probably. Uh, Christian Fuchs. Uh, caught in possession a couple of times, but another solid 7. 6. Again, this is a team who uh, were down to 10 men and had a rear guard action and limited Arsenal to... OK, they had a few chances, you know, headers on goal, this and the other. But, you know, um, Robert Huth. 
I didn't like the fact that Giroud beat him in the air as often as he did. But again, as his overall performance, seven. Six. <laughs> by the way, these, these these numbers that I'm saying, these have been given by this national... It's just a, a, a fun thing, you know. Have they marked like, every single player at least one mark under what I've said? Where's Morgan? I thought he was colossal. Some of the blocks he put in were unreal. Yep. And maybe he lost a couple of headers, but you can't win every single one and Giroud's powerful in the air. Also, but, he's, 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 I'd say as, uh, he's not noted for his heading. It, for, I know he's a tall guy, mm. but he's very big. And he's he's very mobile, really. For he's he's blocking. That's that's one of his forces. Some of the, some and he reads the game. He reads the game well. But I think actual winning headers in the air, it's not quite his specialty. Mm. That's why Hoof works alongside him very well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a big nine from me for the skipper. Yeah, I'd have been like eight or nine, six, <laughs> six. <laughs> Danny Simpson. Danny Simpson. <laughs> Mm, now I think he had a good first half. I think he had a good first half. Now people will say it was silly to bring him down after you know you've been yellow card, you've been, which, yeah, which yeah. is true. It, for me again, it's not a second yellow card in the slightest. Danny Simpson, his rating based on the fact that he didn't last the entirety of the match, you can't rate him that highly. True. Um, can we give half? No, just say a, say a, <laughs> say a, say a number. Six, six, four. Um, Kasper Schmeichel. Ridiculously good save from Giroud. That the strength that, of that the strength of that right hand. He has belted that from very close range. That is a ve- <laughs> very good save. It's a top world world class is a weird term to use, but it is. It's a fantastic save. I thought he had a really good game. Yeah. I thought he commanded his area well. Yeah. Um he when he came flying out of his goal. Oh that challenge, yeah, midway oh, inside his own half. I mean as soon as everyone seen him appear on the right hand side of your telly, did everyone else just go, "Oh Christ! Mm. Oh no!" Just, this, saw, this just is... saw him hairing out. Well, he... when the ball went over the top, the camera was on quite a wide angle that took up most of the Leicester half, and it was just whoever it was clean through on goal. With was it Hooth trying to chase him, labouring back, and then all of a sudden this flash of purple just comes hurling himself at the ball. It, it's amazing what you can think of in those split seconds. Mm. I I had red card. Um, Schwartz are in goal for the next three games. Um, possible injury to Schmeichel because he's going to clap. All this, you know. But anyway, he, he covered his ground very well and cleared the ball. Great save. I thought he commanded his area really well. Um, h- held the ball quite well as well. Yeah. On crosses and stuff. He didn't, yeah. didn't punch a lot. Anyway, his rating. Uh, nine. Uh, six. So hang on. The entirety of the Leicester team was rated six. No, because you got Simpson as four and, and Vardy, Vardy was seven. seven because obviously he scored the penalty. And everybody else got a six. Yes. It's like, how can you... If if that had been a draw, would everybody have got a seven and Vardy would have got an eight? Because how can you change your perception of somebody's performance based on a goal with essentially the last touch of the game? Yeah. You can't, it doesn't make it a worse performance. Yeah. I mean, okay, it's just a, a nitpicking thing that, no, that I've seen, but it just shows you what's, you know... These decisions that are made, and like I said, I always go I'm going on and on and on about it, but the game changed with the red card, and I believe that the referee was... People turn around and say, yeah, but of course, it's a home crowd, they're going to get on his back. I think something else, I think he's, people have been having a word and you've made a terrible error, this, that and the other. And it just shows you when you play against these big clubs which are supported by an awful lot of people in important positions, 
that sort of thing comes out after the game, and you, and you look at it and go, and and Were little, you there? little Leicester are inconsequential again. Yeah, and again, you, we know it, it's, it's it might sound a bit bitter, and oh, you're lost, and you're just going on, you you're nitpicking, but you know that's that's the whole idea of a podcast, and our podcast is to you know poke fun at things and find these little angles and say, look at this, look at the look how stupid this is, and look at that player, how crap he is, and this guy's absolutely brilliant, but uh, but never mind. The important thing is. And this is the last thing with the podcast. Two weeks off now. The players have gone away on holiday. They'll come back fresh, ready for the next game, which is Norwich at home. Okay. Now, are we going to do a podcast before the Norwich game? Don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Because it's obviously two weeks away and what will happen in between now and then, we'll we'll find out. But a quick word on that. Um, do you think that this defeat will make any difference to the way that Leicester will perform? I think it'll make them perform better. I think they'll they'll go away for a week, try and forget about it as much as they can, relax a little bit, rest a little bit from the mental intensity of a title race. I put that in inverted commas, title race, as well as the physical. Uh, and then they'll go, right, we hated the way that we lost to Arsenal. We're going to give Norwich what for and smash them at home. I completely agree. Absolutely completely agree. I don't think that this defeat will have any negative impact on the way Leicester will play for the rest of the season. I no. agree with you. I think it will give them an impetus and it will give them the the belief as well that they are not only in this title race, but they deserve to be there. I think that the players were still on this, just wave game after game, oh, we'll beat them, we'll beat them, and not really paying any attention to the league. They're only paying attention to the number of points they get because they get a bonus every 10 points. Mm. And we're not mentioning the Vegas thing as well. Well, going, how that's got bad news written all over it. <laughs> if Leicester win the league, there was no win in the league clauses or bonuses in the contracts, and it's now been um, mentioned or basically confirmed that if Leicester win the league, the players are going to go to Las Vegas and they're going to be given forty thousand pounds each by the owners to basically go. There you go, have a good time in Vegas. Jesus. Now our. Um, Players away on holiday as a group. The uh, it's the record historically not gone very well, has it? No, I'm going back to La Manga. La Manga with uh, with basically fire extinguishers. Um, who was involved in that? Collymore Wise. Well, I I am I am that person who uh, you might have seen in the cop at Filbert Street wearing a fireman stan on the back of his Leicester shirt. <laughs> fireman stan, brilliant. You know, I got so much abuse for that. Um, You've got obviously nightclub incidents mm. with uh, was it Paul Dickov and Sinclair and that, which was complete nonsense. You know, it was people just trying to make a few quid. Um, you got Vardy in a casino. Yes. Hang on, are we taking him to Vegas? Exactly. And taking him to a casino. And then we've got uh, you know the whole uh, Bangkok incident or wherever it was. Oh yes. Yes, and we we all that, know what that happened one as there, well. which ultimately worked out quite well for the club. But uh, not only on the managerial level, but also getting rid of a bit of Deadwood as well. Yep. But um, So, yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. But the main thing is, if that does go ahead, it means that we have won the league. Why not let them party in Vegas? Exactly. OK, that's it for this episode of For Fox Sake. Now, uh, like I said earlier, anyone who was at the game, we just want to talk about um, the protest and how it went. So if you've got any thoughts, you can email us for foxapodcast at gmail.com. Go to the Facebook group, just type in for Fox 8 Podcast, and then you'll see the group. Click like, job done, get in contact there. Twitter, at FFS Pod. 
A big hello to everyone on the uh, Reddit site as well. We try and post on there, the LCFC on Reddit. Uh, and a big hello to everyone around the world. Uh, basically, emails come in all the time from places and people that we've we mentioned last time about the, the lads in Argentina. Mm-hmm. We've had no ba- reply back from them, as far as I'm aware. They've probably gone off the grid for a few days. They probably have. Well, they were in Esteban Cambiaso's hometown. Mm. Uh, Mark C., uh, from Toronto, Canada, been uh, emailing and, and just uh, talking about the performances and enjoying the podcast. So a big hello to you. I, I must have been early for the, the Arsenal game on TV there. So wherever you are, get in contact with the show, and especially if you're at the game against Arsenal and we want to talk about the uh, the five minute protest, how it went. Just jot down a few thoughts and then uh, and send them in however way that you want to. Uh, and we'll be back. Uh, possibly in time for the Norwich game but if not it will be just after to review that and hopefully three points and further at the top of the league and to everyone else out there who supports other clubs just mind that gap